All right, let's go. Hey guys, welcome to the debrief. This has been our episode. We just had our episode with Michael from Fireblocks. David, what do you think about this? It's all. It's always been curious to me is how institutions are going to come into this space, and it's only in, in hindsight after talking to Michael, it's only obvious that like these massive, massive companies that are just old and that's how you become a massive company is just like you exist for a long time are not going to be able to like pivot the ship fast enough and so it's obviously just going to be they are just going to tap into somebody else's products right and so there's so much opportunity to just package up DeFi and just sell it as a service uh and so it's no wonder it's no wonder that fireblocks has a two billion dollar valuation because they basically get to like be the the gatekeepers for between DeFi and all these institutions who aren't going to be able to do it themselves. So makes sense to me. Yeah. Did, did you hear his comment about like uh, JP Morgan is like, I feel like every bank out there is, is being like, Oh shit. Uh, we need a crypto strategy like now. Right. Right. And what's because, our, what's our crypto strategy? Yeah, oh, it's like, Fireblocks. Yeah. <laughs> Fireblocks is our crypto strategy. I mean, you kind of have to, because like, <laughs> right. it's funny. Most banks have just been ignoring mm-hmm. crypto, uh, tr- right. trash talking crypto. I mean, there've been a few like Fidelity that have kind of doubled down and actually mm-hmm. been in this space since like 2014 and remained in the space. But most of them have just been like in and out. And now he, he called it FOMO. Like now they're getting right. FOMO and they don't mm-hmm. have a strategy. They have no way to build out this infrastructure, even if they had the technical sophistication, right? Like it's, right. it takes a long time. It's Plus all the talent already got eaten up by crypto companies. Yeah. And so exactly. And so, um, you know, he talked about BNY Mellon, which is a large bank, 40 trillion in assets. You mentioned I had no idea they had this much, but um, they're not only a customer of Fireblocks, they're an investor, right? right? Which is like crazy. It's like, I, I mean, well, I, think of that progression. Sorry to cut you off. I think of that progression. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh shit, we need a crypto strategy. Yep. Okay. Fireblocks <laughs> can serve it to us. Oh, let's just buy Fireblocks. <laughs> right? That's where I was getting to. It's like, right. so now that now they have a piece of it, like how long will Fireblocks remain a right. independent entity? I mm-hmm. mean, they could go public, who knows? But like they sure. could also just get purchased by a right. bank who's like late to the late to the scene, but has lots of assets. And like mm-hmm. um, this is partially why I wanted to ask that question at the end, David, of like, hey, what happens if you guys become a centralizing force here and you just get bought and right. we have a bunch more like- What like happens just, if you sell out? I mean, he's gonna, they have to sell out. Eventually, you're either, you're either selling out publicly, you're either IPOing, right? right? right. Sure. Or you know, you're getting bought by a bank. And if you IPO, you can always purchase right. the public market by like a larger entity, you know, corporate raid, whatever happens. And like, do the banks win at the end of the day after right. all? Like, yeah. I don't imagine answer- Fireblocks being a DAO. Right. No, it's, it, it just doesn't work yeah. like that. It's like, right. but um, I guess his answer was kind of good because I do think he's a DeFi bull. Like, I feel like, it seems like uh, they're in it for the right reasons. I feel that way. I feel, I feel some good vibes about that. And like, if that's the case, then I think that they might pivot to other things. Like, um, I wonder what a next generation smart contract wallet can mm-hmm. kind of do for an institution, right? Because they're providing like a layer of user management and authentication on like like private keys. You know, it's a last it's a last pass plus Brinks type thing. Mm-hmm. What if you outsource that to code? And like we're not there yet with smart contract wallets, but even something like Argent, you start mm-hmm. to see a little bit of that. There's like user control access, um, but Argent doesn't store private keys. 
It's non-custodial. Right. It's completely smart contract driven. And I wonder if in the future, this will become, as he said, kind of a, a bridge type business. And more of this can be embodied in code on chain rather than like have to be an independent entity that can be purchased by some centralizing force. I don't know. That's always been the, the promise of Ethereum is that like, if you can build it centralized, you can build it decentralized. And so right. it, every time I see some sort of like massive valuation, like Fireblocks at $2 billion, I'm like, all right, well, where's like the code version of this company? Um, yeah. And and maybe, it, and then to some degree, it, there's always also the same conversation. It's like, oh, great. You made the code version of this company. Well, give me like the white glove version of this company. So we'll go, <laughs> yeah, go, exactly. go backwards to Fireblocks. It's like, well, yeah, exactly. see all of that crazy stuff. That's all code. Like, we'll just do it for you and be a service provider. And so it's just the inevitable yin and yang of just like complexity and living on the, on the frontier versus just like uh, some institutions is going to totally pay me to maybe solve this problem for them. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, you know, um, I know I mentioned to you before we recorded, I, I got a, an email from a bankless reader who's like, Hey, I work at a fund. I want to go bankless. I do like go bankless myself. Right. But I'm under 30. Most of our customers are 60 plus and they are terrified of DeFi. I'm not going right. to use this ever. And so I'm worried that we'll never have a bankless future. Right. And mm -hmm. so like back to your point of like, there will always be a need for white glove. There will be a need for segmentation, at least until the, the tools get better. And, um, I, honestly, and the wealth just gets handed down to you. The wealth gets transferred, right? Like right. there are, mm -hmm. there are a lot of people who are, uh, you know, not ever going to need to learn crypto. Right. Right. But I think everybody who's like, definitely Gen Z, even if you're a millennial, like these mm -hmm. are skills for life now. Right. You know, it's like, you have to have, you have to learn these digital skills in order to actually, um, be an adult. And mm -hmm. I think crypto like now is going to start to fall into that camp and they'll just become preloaded, um, mm -hmm. as people grow up. Is that uh, really, is that what Fireblocks is? Fireblocks is like just the boomer funnel. It's like, Hey, like all you boomers that are never actually going yeah. to touch the Ethereum blockchain just like use us instead. And so you can have all the benefits of crypto, but without any of the, the but we'll make it feel all boomer and nice for you. I think so. God, I'm so I, mean to boomers. Well, I, I think so. We love you boomers. If you're listening to this, um, but like, I think, I think there's an element to that. Right. I also think that, uh, Hey, there's a lot of things that, well, it could conceivably be built on Ethereum. It's mm -hmm. not, it's not right now. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, so, um, you know, until it is, we'll need services like this. Um, the other thing that was cool for me in this conversation was the DeFi mullet is here, man. It's mm -hmm. here. Like it's happening. Um, protocol sync thesis is bearing out. Uh, he was talking about Celsius and BlockFi, these crypto lending, centralized crypto lending service companies um, and how they generate yield, right? Like mm -hmm. one of their ways of generating yield, he mentioned is like DeFi protocols. Hmm, right. that's interesting. I don't, I, I don't know to what extent they, uh, they are doing that today, but he mentioned it definitely as uh, like maybe some of them are already. So maybe mm -hmm. when you deposit funds into BlockFi or I'm, I'm just singling out BlockFi, but like any centralized crypto lender, maybe they're actually on the back end depositing a portion of that into DeFi protocol to generate yield. Mm -hmm. That's interesting if they are. Um, well, yeah. one would only expect as, as DeFi grows more and more, well, he, he talked about like when, when I asked him like, yo, what are your like most frequent client activities when they're doing DeFi? And it's, he said, the biggest answer he said was like stablecoin arbitrage. 
yeah. which is just banks or institutions getting yield in DeFi. It's just another yep. one. Is and so, like that. That is the the DeFi mullet. They're going to come for the yield for sure. Yep. I think mm-hmm. that's what they're all going to come for. Um, it's also cool to me that Fireblocks is using stablecoin tech, you know, bankless right. tech to like receive doing invoices, do it themselves. I think that's great. I always love to hear that story. So it'd be a massive red flag if they weren't. <laughs> I don't think a lot. I mean, I don't know. Do you think that many of the crypto banks are? Do you think like Gemini or, or Coinbase is doing all of this? Like, do you think they're doing like payroll transactions, these kinds of things in? Probably uh, not payroll today. Probably not payroll. Hmm. It's, it's hard. But, I mean, but for crypto B2B transfers, why aren't you using stable coins? Why indeed? I mean, yeah. like even, even like if you're investing in, um, in crypto deals, right. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of a red flag to me when I see like a crypto company that's raising funds. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, you have to wire your routing number. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, why? And they're always like, Oh, it's, uh, for legal reasons, compliance reasons, our lawyers mm-hmm. prefer this, whatever else. But like, mm-hmm. hey, if we're doing that, right. we're not going to make it, fam. Right. Like, right. let's mm-hmm. try to, there's some rough edges, but let's try to adopt some of this technology. Mm-hmm. Like, even like you and I, David, we can't run bankless without a bank yet. Right. Yeah. We still no, have to if, pay if for- Listeners have been paying attention. They will notice that bank, bankless actually does have a bank account. <laughs> we, we, we try though, as much as we can, right. we do. We touch it the in- least in the crypto world and like, we'll do everything we can to not have to pay with like a, uh, a bank account, credit card or debit card, but like sometimes we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's still some friction there. Um, well, if you're supposed else? To, to store your wealth first and then transact your wealth second. So yeah, fair enough. Correct order of operations. No, nothing else for me. All right, guys, that has been the debrief. Thanks a lot.